Hello everybody, this is Editor Skyler here to just pop in real quick before we get into the episode to give you guys a little bit of a background as to how we produce Fireside Dice. Now, most of the cast of Fireside Dice live in different states from each other. It's not possible for us to sit down in the same room and play D&D and record together, which is unfortunate. I certainly prefer to be able to play in person with people, but that's simply not the case for us which is fine. However, that means we have to use online video calls in order to play and record. This means we are heavily reliant on good internet connection, which is unfortunately not always available for me. Today's episode was one of those sessions that when we were recording, my internet connection was having a bit of a problem that day. So there are a number of moments throughout the session where Everyone else's uh, voice would cut out. I would miss things that were said. I'd have to have them repeat. And unfortunately, there were a couple of instances where I wasn't able to get repeats or I didn't realize at the time that I had missed something. So as you're listening today, there's going to be a couple of those moments where the audio is going to get a little funky and some people's statements might cut off short. I tried to edit it and clean it up as much as I possibly could, but I wasn't able to get everything. So just a heads up, that's going to be happening. But now that I've got that out of the way, got that warning done, there's just one more thing that I want to say before we get into today's episode. Uh, we got a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts from Rerunk. He had some great things to say about the podcast, and we're very appreciative of him. Uh, for those of you listening who haven't, perhaps rated or reviewed us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you use, we'd really appreciate it. That would really help get us out there. And if you happen to know anyone who's interested in D&D or D&D podcasts that you think would enjoy the show, please poke them in the arm, say, hey, I got this great podcast you should listen to, and that'll really help us out too. But I digress. Let's get on with today's episode. Well, hello there, friends. This is your friendly neighborhood storyteller Bartholomew here to let you know that the events in today's episode get a little bit intense, so some parental guidance is recommended. Oh, hello, friend. Come, join us by the fire. The story's about to begin. So this would be in the first precinct. It's kind of towards the southern part of the map. Um, if you see the big chasm that has Wayport and Tin Street, you are relatively close to that on the eastern side. Does that all make sense? Yeah. So like I explained to the players before the recording had started, the, the group has been trying to get Karenko. They captured him. They were trying to go to a delivery point set up by Nassius Venn, the person who gave them the job. House Demir, the spies and informants here on Ravnica, and a very secretive faction, made themselves very, at least for them. And this freaked out Bartholomew in particular, and so they have tried to find a safe house and have come to the Stressed Swindler, a tavern run by a friend of Surrey's. And from there, let's see where they're going. What would you guys like to do? Surrey, remind me the name of your friend. Uh, her name is Cynthia. 
about what me. what time of day is it? It is later in the afternoon, getting to be evening. Um, had had we already acquired a room and it like hold ourselves away at the end of the last episode? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought I remembered. Is Krenko awake? Is Krenko what? Awake? Krenko is actually not awake at the moment. Okay. Um, it seems like the restorative spell that brought him back to life took a lot out of him. If you would like to wake him up, that's absolutely a thing you can attempt. No, I think we'll let him rest for a moment so that we can all take some time to just relax. What does the room look like? What's in there? So, you've actually got, I believe that we had two rooms. Um, and, well, we didn't really specify exactly what was going on. You guys are going to be in kind of the back storeroom. And so, you would have gone down the stairs to get in. You've got the main bar area, and they've got several little, like, talking alcoves. They've got a couple of different, like, guest rooms. And then bars would be kind of a storage area. And Cynthia would have kind of spirited you all in there, pun intended. And put you in with the spirits and the, the alcohol that's back there. Gotcha. So Bartholomew, as soon as, like we're relatively safe and away from people. He's just going to, like, find a spot to, like, sit down and lean against the wall and just sit there. He is still hurting after the fight we had. And as you're sitting and leaning back, what is it that's going through your head? That's a good question. I think he's he's reminiscing on... Okay, what have we? What's been going on? He's going through the day's events in his head, reliving the fight and the chase and the experience with the Demir, trying to figure out like what do we do here? What's? I don't know who to trust. Do we go with the Guild Pact? Do we trust the Demir? That statement just feels wrong in my mouth. Like just thinking, like mulling things over in his brain. Okay, and what are the other two of you doing? Um, I would probably, Balfour would probably just be keeping an eye on Krenko, making sure that nothing was going on. Um, I know that when we had uh, tipped him upside down before, he had dropped a bunch of stuff. I was curious to, as do we know who, who has all that stuff that had fallen out of his pockets? One of you probably would have written that down, I think. Oh, yeah, I, have, yeah. I have it all written down. It's just I don't, I don't know who has it all. I know I picked up a potion. Okay, so you have the small, clack, uh, small clear cracked vial? Yeah, I think so. Who has the magic shiv? Because that was the important thing. I don't think Bartholomew has it. Okay. It's in my bag, then. A scimitar and a light crossbow, if anybody wants any of that. I think Bartholomew's good for now. Okay. Yeah, we could sell that later. Okay. Well, I'll just have that stuff in my bag then for whenever we need it. Okay. While um, they're going through the stuff and like figuring out what we got off of Krenko, Bartholomew's going to reach into his shirt and pull out a little locket and just start rubbing it in his fingers as he thinks. This locket, go in a little bit more detail. Is it just a memento? What? 
What's going on with this? So anyone who's watches and sees what he's doing, the locket definitely will stand out against the rest of his attire and the rest of what you see on Ravnica. It consists of like a small ball of interwoven gold metal, like gold copperish colored metal bindings that is just a small sphere hanging on a silver chain that he has around his neck. And you said a locket. Does this thing open up? Is there anything on the inside? It does, but he there? hasn't opened it yet. He's just like move, rolling the ball around in his fingers. All right. So Baffer, Surrey, the two of you seem to be through Krenko's stuff. And you're doing so. Krenko stirs just the barest amount. He groans, shrugs a little bit, breathes in through his nose just kind of settles back down. So he hasn't he didn't wake up. He's just shifting around. Seem he is not woken up yet. Okay. Then Bartholomew will relax against the wall again. Oh boy, it's been a day. Yes it has. Indeed. And Cynthia comes into the room at about this point. You've had a couple of minutes just to yourselves. She looks at the four the three of you, four with Krenko, and just says, I know I'm not going to be asking any questions. However, I do have a couple. First off, is there anything I can do to make your stay here a little bit more comfortable? If you have any food to spare, that would be very appreciated. I can absolutely do that. Sorry, hon. It's been a long while since I last saw you. Sure you're all right? Yeah, just my mind focused on other things. Okay. And she looks over at Bartholomew and says, I think I've seen you around on the streets a couple of times. You don't hold to any particular guild viewpoint, do you? No, ma'am, I, I don't. I You're right, I have been around for a while. I just, I explore. I've been getting to know Ravnica a little better and meeting people. Well, welcome to the stress swindler, hon. You seem to be perfectly fine for the first part of it. Thank you. And with that, she goes out to presumably get you all some food. Okay. Cynthia's a great person. Yeah, she seems very kind. Very helping. Just don't get on her bad side. I certainly don't intend to. Of course, that being said, I never intend to get on anyone's bad side, and look where we are. And he says he gestures at Cranko. At least you're not the one that killed him. Uh, I, I really do apologize about that. I thought uh, I, was you... holding, I was holding back as much as I could. You yeah. never have to apologize for killing goblins. <laughs> now, here's my question. What is everyone's passive perception? one of those dangerous questions for the DM to ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Balfour has a 12. 16. Uh, 14. Hey, just go ahead and continue. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> um, does Balfour, when we was talking, when Cynthia was talking, did he sense any type of, I don't know, ulterior motives behind... Just like with her body language and the way she was approaching things, did she seem relaxed? Did she seem 
Go ahead Stressor. and roll an insight check. Okay. Plus two. Fifteen total. Fifteen. Cynthia seems, if anything, a little bit more worried about Surrey than the rest of you. And just hoping that she's not getting in with the wrong sort of company. Okay. And it's at about that moment while you all are talking, trying to figure out what all is needing to go on. You barely hear the door creaking. And looking around, you can see that Krenko is not in his bonds anymore. What? Bartholomew's going to jump up immediately and book it to the door. Balfour has his axe ready. Dury, anything for you? Uh, um, I guess I'll just start looking around the room. Okay. Have you said the door opened? You the heard creak? the creak of the door. As to oh. whether it was opening or closing, you don't know. Oh, crap. Once Maybe I'll look to see if there's a trap door real quick in the room. Okay. Surrey, I want you to roll a perception check. The other two of you, um, Buffer, you're just trying to get ready. And Bartholomew, you open up the door. I want you to also roll a perception check. So my perception check was 19. Mine was okay. 18. Bartholomew, as you open up the door, you can see that making their way towards the exit, just going through this crowd, you're trying to fig figure out where's Krenko. And you can see a couple of presumably Azorius folks get shoved a little bit. And as they look down, they gasp, and you can tell that Krenko is out here. Oh, no. The Azorius seeing him is probably the worst thing that could happen. Sorry, you are able to find out that there is a second entrance out the back of this storeroom. Hmm. Can I see Krenko, or can I just tell that someone is moving through the crowd there? You can tell that someone is moving through the crowd, and based on the reaction from those Azorius soldiers, it appears that it is Krenko. Because the look of shock and... I'm sorry, you're here? I'm gonna start moving through the crowd, and the minute I can see Krenko, as well as at least one of the guards, I am going to cast Charm Person at second level on the two of them. Okay. So... Taking a look at these soldiers, I want you to roll another perception check for me, just to okay. see if you can identify who's the leader of the group. All right. Or you oh. could do history, base, basing it more off of your previous experiences. Um, I will actually make that a history, and it's going to be a 15. A 15, all right. Surrey, it sounded like you had something. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, while this is happening, could I like go out the back entrance and try to make a mad dash to, uh, I guess, the front entrance, like where he'd most likely come out of? Yeah, you can do that. So, you duck your way out the back, and while Bartholomew is heading into the front room, going into the crowd and trying to figure out if he can identify these targets for his spell, you jump outside. This whole place is in a back alley. You're on a second back alley, so you head out to the main road and go around to the front. Buffer, what are you doing at this time? Uh, watching Suri run out the back door and not exactly sure what she's doing. I'm just going to go ahead and follow. Oh, yeah, okay. I should have 
explain that. <laughs> yeah, Bartholomew goes through one door and Siri goes out the other, and Malfoy's just like, uh... Bartholomew should have this handled. I trust him a little bit more. I'm just gonna keep an eye on the witch. <laughs> it's the only person that's murdered someone in the last 24 hours. Oh, Other no. yourself. <laughs> But Balfour doesn't count himself. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Balfour adheres to his own rules. I am not a murderer. They are. Exactly. Interesting. I like that little insight of the character. Hmm. That'll be something to dig into later. Anyway, the two of you are making a mad, rat, mad dash around the building, trying to get to the front entrance. And Bartholomew, you go up. And casting Charm Person, they get to roll, um, I believe, it's Wisdom Saving Throws. Yes, Wisdom Save 14. Please fail. Krenko, Charm Person, at least in my mind, isn't like a complete memory wipe or a I'm your best buddy. It's a little bit more subtle. And Krenko just, he looks back up at you and says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stretching my legs. And the guard, he looks at you and looks back at Krenko and says, he's supposed to be in prison. I'm going to move to stand next to Krenko and kind of like in a way, actually, I'm going to move in a friendly way in front of Krenko to try and hide him from the guard's view while like facing the guards and saying, um, oh, my good gentleman, I think there's been a bit of a mistake here. This is a friend of mine that I just recently reconnected with and. I was hoping to get some time to chat with him and see how he's doing. And would you care to tell us your friend's name? Salence. Roll a deception check for me. Okay. 14. 14? Yeah. They look at you. Look at Salence. <laughs> and one of the things that has happened in the subsequent hours that you've been with Krenko is that his... Not necessarily gaudy, but he wears almost like a crown as a symbol of his power. That thing has fallen off. It is probably lost somewhere on the street. Yeah. And due to that distinctive item being missing, your lie is successful. And Ooh. the guards look at you. They look at Salence and they say, sorry, a little bit of an uncanny resemblance to a influential figure. Enjoy. And they continue on their way. Okay. Um, now I'm going to turn to Salence. And I'm going to gesture. I'm going to say, please, come back in the room. There's something I'd like to ask you. And then if he follows, I'm right. going to go back into the room that we were left in. Making sure that he comes with me. And you just, you almost like put a hand on his shoulder and just kind of guide him back into the room. Mm -hmm. And by the time that the spell wears off, Brinko looks back up at you. The both of you are in the room. It lasts an hour. It lasts a full hour? Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought this was the one that was for a minute. No, That's friends. That's for the cantrip. That's cool. Yeah. And he's like, right, what do you want? I'm curious about you. I've heard your I've heard a lot of stories about you, um, both from friends of yours and enemies of yours, and I'm curious to know what the truth is. Let's start off by saying I know I'm not 
is Salins, whoever that is. Yes, I'm aware I of that as well. I guess is that you know who I am? Yes, Cranko. I'm aware. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I like you a little bit more now. Thanks for getting me out of that. You're welcome. Now, what sort of truths are you looking for? I mean, I don't really deal in that sort of thing. Well, for starters, there's some very important people in this city that want you, but don't want you dead. What do you know the Guild Pact would want you for? Sorry, the Guild Pact? Yes. A Guild Pact? <laughs> oh, I do not give a flaming turd about the Guild Pact. I don't care about the guilds either. What I'm worried about is my people in my neighborhood. Now, I don't know if you get this. The guilds, they say they're all that in a bag of chips. They've got all the power. But what they don't have is the people in their hearts. They don't care about them. I'm the one who's out there on the road. I'm the one who's keeping them safe. You think that they're going to do that? No. They're going to go to war. It's going to be chaos. So why would you think that the Guild Pact would want? Is there anything you might know? I want you to roll an insight check as you give his answer. Okay. And as you ask that question, what would the Guild Pact want with you? What sort of thing would you know? Tell me what your number is. 26. 26? Mm-hmm. Oof. You can see that Krenko, this is well-practiced for him, but there's just that barest hint of hesitance a glance over your shoulder, looking beyond, and almost a fear in his eyes as he lies to you, saying that there's nothing that he would know that they would want. I'm just going to smile warmly and think what, about what he says for a moment, and I'm going to say, now, Cranko, I'm not your average citizen of Ravnica. I know when someone's lying to me, and I can tell that whatever the answer to my question is, you're scared of it. I can assure you, I won't let anything happen to you. You can tell me. I want you to roll a persuasion check, okay. with advantage, because you have that spell up. Oh, two horrible numbers. Eleven. Eleven? Mm-hmm. Looking at you, he... I don't know what sort of magics you've got. I know I ain't right in my head. If you're peeping in there, you know it already. I can promise you I'm not in your head. I don't know what you're thinking. I only know that you lied to me. Most peeps don't even know that much. So you, you must be in my head. There's no other way you could have done something. Where is Surrey and Balfour at the moment? Two the yeah, let's switch over to them. <laughs> the two of you get over to the front. Spend a couple of minutes standing there. By this point, Bartholomew's actively in a conversation with Krenko. It's not necessarily raining, but it's a little bit overcast. It's getting to be dark. And nothing has come out of that door um, to the stressed swindler. What do you think going? What do you think is going on in there? No idea. 
I'm going to circle back. You head in the front, and we'll try to meet halfway and see what's going on. All right. That sounds good. Okay, so I will just try and gauge the conversation and see how long it would take for you guys to get in. I'll make a loud call if I see Krinko inside for you to come. Sounds good. Cutting back into Bartholomew and Krenko, this intense conversation. Krenko adamant that Bartholomew is in his head. Bartholomew very much trying to convince him, not, I'm just working for your best interest. What sort of questions do you have at this point? I'm going to think for, like, I'm going to pause for a bit, just watching Krenko, thinking, and I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The people from the Guild Pact that wanted you, they had a spot that they wanted us to bring you, to hand you over. They didn't want any of the other guilds to know that we had you in custody. When we arrived near the location to drop you off, the Demir intervened, and that's why you're here and not at the Guild Pact. So why don't you go ahead and tell me, why does the Guild Pact want you, and why would the Demir want you free? He leans up real close. I'll stand my ground. You straight in the face. He's got this big old bulbous nose that's like just an inch away from you. And he hooks a loogie in your face and says, I don't know. Bartholomew will take a step back and with one hand try and wipe as much of the loogie off as he can. The other hand he reaches into a pocket and pulls out a handkerchief to finish the job. And he's just going to sigh. Would it be at this point that Balfour walks in, would you say? Probably. Baffer, you come in. You can hear this big old... And you can see Bartholomew has stepped back and is wiping himself down, and Krenko's just sitting there trying to not smirk. And then looks over in your direction and gets... You can see that he's putting on a brave face, but is absolutely terrified of you. You spit in my friend's face. So it kind of like barges through the door and slams Krenko up against the wall. No, no, I definitely didn't do that. I'm going to, with one hand, keep him pinned to the wall. With the other, I'm going to grab the bag of caltrops that we got off of him. And I'm going to dump those on the ground. And I'm going to hold him over top of them and ask him again, Did you spit in my friend's face? Oh, you like the Boros or the Rakdos, huh? Huh? You like them, huh? Without answering, I'm just going to slowly ease him onto the caltrops and start pushing down. Oh, man, good cop, bad cop. Yeah, this is going to be a pleasant conversation. Yeah, this is something else. Ooh. It's not good. <laughs> you shove him down, he starts to scream quite loudly. And Cynthia comes into the room and says, What do you think you're doing? He just barely got out of there. What are you doing? He's not answering my questions. And he's spit in my friend's face. Are you just holding Krenko there, having him scream while this is going on? <laughs> I mean, at this point, I would have covered his mouth, but yeah. Cynthia comes over, slaps you across the face, and says, Oh, shoot. Um, my spell done. is gone now since we injured him. Yep. I've nice. still got him by the neck. <laughs> Cynthia comes, slaps you across the face, and says, There are Azorius soldiers in here. If they get wind that you're doing an interrogation, 
in my establishment, I'm ruined. I don't want to be ruined. Peach? Yes, ma'am. We understand. We're terribly sorry. Um, Bartholomew's going to look back at Cranko. I still have him by the neck. Yeah, I figured as much. You're not going to let go. Cranko, he's, he's struggling under you. It's definitely, like, if you were to let go, he would bolt. Yeah. I'm going to put my hand on Balfour's shoulder and say, go ahead and stop, stop hurting him. And does Balfour listen? I suppose. Okay, and then I'm going to look at Cranko again. Instead of casting Suggestion, I'm going to cast Charm Person once more at first level. Again, Wisdom Safe. I guess, wait, never mind. Never Can't mind. be affected by the spell for 24 hours to my knowledge. Yeah, okay. Then I am going to unmagically try and calm this guy down. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Actually, look. you can attempt it again. I can. Yeah, it's oh, not a with 24 hour. Okay, then yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna cast Charm Person on him again. I'm gonna say, listen, Krinkle, we we don't want to hurt you, and we don't want you to go where you shouldn't be, whether that's with the Guild Pact or back where you belong. We just want to help. And that that almost grin comes back onto his face as he looks at you and just says, You saying that y'all don't want to be hurting me? He hurt me. He's out. He's not here. He's He's got to be gone. I'm going to look at Balfour, and I'm going to say, Would you go ahead and step out and tell Suri to come in here? Can you hold him on your own? Or would you like me to bind him first? No. No. He's out. Right now. I think I've got him. Alright. I, I just go ahead and drop I'm, him. Before he lets go of Krenko, I'm going to position myself so that I'm between Krenko and the back door. Okay. And I'm just going to go outside the back door and I'm just going to stand there outside watching the door, watching the street. Suri, my guess is that you like got to the bar got a little bit distracted, got into a drink, and now you're just sitting at the bar. <laughs> can can she tell what the Azorius, or how they've reacted? Does she see any of that? Yeah, so Suri, as you have been sitting at the bar, at some point there came a scream from the back room, a little bit muffled, enough to be heard. And many of the other patrons seem to have heard it as well. And in the ensuing couple of minutes since that point, Cynthia went in the back, um, came back out looking more angry than you've seen her since that Rakdos circus came through. Oh, jeez. Like, she is about ready to kill someone. And as the other patrons look at her just as a, for an explanation, she... She's she doesn't give a very flattering response. Not something that I would want to repeat. <laughs> and the other patrons, due to the nature of this establishment, just kind of go back to their drinks, all wondering. And you can, everyone seems to have this idea in the back of their minds: what was going on there? Professional discretion is holding them at bay for now. Oh jeez. Uh, 
I guess I I will <laughs> step away from the bar. I'll, I'll keep my drink though, and I'll walk up to Cynthia and ask, like, what just happened? Your short friend going after Krenko. Not nice, mind you. That scream, he was holding him on top of Caltrops, shoving him down. Can you believe that? What oh. sort of pain artist did you get yourself into? Oh my goodness. He's he's good most of the time. He he just he just has moments. He's really strong. He's really useful. I can see that. You could have hired a Minotaur. I know a guy. Oh, well, I will keep that in mind. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back there and talk some sense into him. Would you prefer if I take the back entrance? Whatever you gotta do. I, I leave a couple of... I give her, I offer her a couple of coppers, like, uh, under the table, per se, and then head on out. As you slide them across, she flips a coin of her own. You've seen this coin before. She flips it quite often and lands over on your side of the table. And she says, in for a penny, in for a pound. Or the equivalent of that on Ravnica. <laughs> I appreciate you letting us stay, Cynthia. They're gone in the morning. I'm not going to have y'all staying in and torturing people. That won't be a problem. Can't have that. that. That won't be a problem the rest of our stay. It better not be. And you go out the front and you're making your way around. So, Bartholomew, you have a couple more questions with Krenko. You've got a full mm -hmm. hour duration on this spell unless something else happens. Mm-hmm. How is it going at this point for you? Bartholomew's starting to kind of freak out a little bit on the inside because he's out of spells. Like, he is still pretty hurt from the fight earlier. But he knows that, like, whatever's going on here is very important and could be the difference between a lot of people getting hurt, a lot of innocent people. And so he, he, try, he maintains a very, as friendly of a face as he can, considering the circumstances. And he's going to fold his arms... And he was going to say, Krenko, you say you care about the people in your neighborhood, right? You care about those who aren't under the guild's thumb? Yeah. See, that's where you and I are the same. That's why I haven't joined a guild. I want to help individuals. I want to help people. I want to make people's lives as good as I can. And he perks up with that. And you can tell that you're getting his attention. Now, there's some, very, like I said, there's some very influential people that want you under their custody. I need to know what decision to make to help the most people. Now I need you to tell me, why does the Guild Pact want you? He looks at you, he shuffles a little bit. You can tell that he's uncomfortable with this situation as well. I want you to roll a persuasion check, once again at advantage, okay. due to your spell. And also due to hitting him where his ideology is. So I rolled two eights, somehow. That's going to put me at 14. 14? Mm-hmm. He looks at you. Okay, there was a job a couple of months back. I don't know the details. It was done by some of my underlings. Can you tell me anything about this job? No. It's my... My mob's job. And as much as you're for the people... I don't know you as well as I would like. You're, 
I know you as a person. This is business. They're separate. It's gotta be that way. While he's saying that, I'm gonna interrupt him to try and catch him off guard and say, did it involve Mr. Taz or Falish? Where'd you hear those names? I know people too. Information is kind of my thing. High or low? Low. Using some all-metal dice, and they're just so nice. Oh, yeah. Love metal. Okay, so with a 23 on a percentile, Krenko looks back up at you. As you say, I know people, you can see once again that same sort of fear gets into his eyes. He says, okay, considering that you know both of them, and if they haven't told you, they're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill me. Okay. So Fallish, right? And he goes into this full story, talking about how Fallish was an it scientist, that one of the experiments that went awry, his crew went, and they weren't so much cleanup, they were more picking and looting after the place was abandoned. And that there was this really deep hole was discovered that led to something almost alien. Fallish was banished from the Izzet, for lack of a better term, sent out on her own. Hasn't been really heard from since, but she did talk to Krenko a little bit. Um, they've been helping to protect her. And Mr. Taz, he doesn't know Mr. Taz's real name. All he says is that he works through intermediaries and primarily through House Demir. And that... They also tried to figure out what was going on and what had happened with the um, incident. And that there were, that one Demir informant told Krenko that all efforts had been frustrated because the, the crew members who went down there had no memory to access. And that that was the most scary part of it. Mr. Taz seemed furious at the lack of information, and so they have been wanting to get their hands back onto Krenko. And if he's in an Azorius prison, that's a lot harder to do. Hmm. Thank you, Krenko. This is very useful information. I think I'll be able to use it to help a lot of people. I have another question for you. Who do you trust the least? The Guild Pact or the Demir? You ask some tough questions, friend. Seems like we're dealing with a tough situation. <laughs> You're telling me. When it comes down to it, if I'm in the house, if I'm underneath that pin, I'm underneath that pin. If I'm out, I'm out. I can go anywhere. I can do anything. I can be anyone. So, so long as it's me. <laughs> and he chuckles a little bit of that, and... He seems like he's trying to relieve the tension more than anything. Mm -hmm. Bartholomew will chuckle with him. You hear what I'm saying? If I'm out, I can do what I want. I can avoid them. You know that, because I've done it before. The only reason they came and got me in the first place is that jerk, Jura, whatever his name was, that freelancer. He's the one who was able to get me in, because he knows someone high and mighty, I'm guessing, somewhere. Jura's the reason that Demir got to you? Yeah, that Gideon boy. 
you know, the long brown hair. Like, he looked all perfect for you humans. <laughs> Bartholomew chuckles to, at that. Anyway, yeah, he's the reason as to why they were able to bring me in. He's not around, and I've heard he's not. I'm in the clear. When he says that he can... The only reason the Demir got him was because of Jura. Can I roll insight to see if like that's true, that he does have the capability to avoid the Demir? Go ahead and roll um, insight. Uh, actually, instead of insight, let's have this be another history check, just more okay. on the Demir capabilities rather than if it's a question as to whether or not Krenko believes he can get away from anyone, mm -hmm. he definitely thinks he can. Okay. Uh, 13. 13? Mm -hmm. Based off of the rumor mill that you've heard, House Demir definitely has a reputation for being able to find people, whether or not they want to be found. Okay. Um, there's more than one story of people waking up and being in a completely different neighborhood and not even realizing it. There's some people that claim to have been changed by House Demir. Um, and that's more dealing in the covert that you don't have as much access to. Bartholomew's going to start like stroking his chin like really deep in thought, trying to decide, does he trust the Demir, the Guild Pact more? What, like... Outside of them, the Guild Pact calling us in for this job, has Bartholomew had any other experience with them or heard anything about them that would sway him one way or another about trusting them? From what Bartholomew knows of the Guild Pact, um, they're more of like the intermediaries. They kind of keep tabs on all of the different guilds as much as they can. Mm -hmm. They don't have real power in their own right, other than to... They're, there's a checks and balance, making sure that no one guild gets too far ahead of any of the others. Bartholomew's going to smile, and he's going to put a hand on Krenko's shoulder and say, Thank you. I'm going to make sure, I promise you, I'm going to use this information you've given me to help as many people as I possibly can. And I'm going to guide him to the back door and open it and gesture for him to go. Now, Baffer, you're standing there at the back door. Suri's come over, and you kind of just gave her the ha raised hand of, I'm not letting anyone in, I'm not letting anyone in out. And the door opens after a couple of minutes of you two standing there. Bartholomew just gestures for Krenko to go. What do you guys have to say? You're just going to let him leave? Bartholomew's not going to say anything until Krenko is away, if Balfour lets Krenko get away. He'll, like, look Balfour in the eye and nod slightly, but he's going to try and, like, convey through a look, like, there's a lot we need to talk about. So I guess this becomes a question, Balfour, how much do you trust Bartholomew? <laughs> <laughs> Relative stranger, you saw him on your previous world of Kaladesh. He's been one of your few friends here on Ravnica, and even that's been, in a couple of ways, tense. How much do you trust Bartholomew? Hmm. Enough, I suppose. Trust is a big word. Do you trust him enough to have him let Krenko go? Hmm. High or low, Bartholomew? Oh, you're gonna do that to me too? Um, I'm gonna go... 
<laughs> See, the, the fun thing with this game is I always have to ask myself, the person in question who's rolling, like, how much do I trust them to roll high? <laughs> Great, um, now we're getting into deeper philosophical. This is, don't need this. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now I'm questioning our friendship. Am I a low friendship to you? <laughs> no, no, you misunderstand. I'm trying to think, like, how often does this person roll high compared to low? Like, if it was me, if I was outside myself and I asked myself to roll high or low, I would instantaneously say low because I tend to roll low. So I'm saying, like, for you guys, I have to think, like, do they tend to roll low or do I trust that they roll high usually? Just throwing this out there, I really hope you said low because I have the same mindset. I was hoping I rolled low. But I didn't. So we're I going to be letting, I... yeah. So we're going to be letting him go. <laughs> oh, with his with his head intact. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of his body. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so Krenko looks at Bartholomew. Looks at Baffer. Baffer, you take a look up at Bartholomew. He gives the subtle nod. In something very much akin to a movie. It's just that understanding of we need to do this and against what you supposed to be your better judgment Krenko slithers off into the night and Bef Bartholomew leads the two of you back in just before he disappears from sight I'm going to call out and say silence doesn't turn around doesn't do a thing as he Dane, I was going to say I want you to remember what I've done for you today but probably should have said that before we let him go oh well I'm sure he'll remember. I'm going to pick up my caltrops. <laughs> oh, those are the caltrops Cynthia was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, she did not appreciate uh, Baffer torturing Krenko. I wasn't torturing. I was just more of like a answer my question and I'll push I think, harder. I think there's a word people use for that. And the word is nah. torture. No. He's a goblin. It's all right. <sighs> Regardless, I'm glad that situation is dealt with for the most part. I feel like there's why... an about that. <laughs> now, why is he leaving with... Why is he leaving? Bartholomew's gonna, like, heave a heavy sigh. That's the to, most like, part. Rub his temples a little bit, like... Oh. This is a lot deeper than we thought it was. Oh. And that means... How far... Are, like, how long would it take for us to get back to Bartholomew's apartment from here? Um, at this point, it's getting be nightfall. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be too terribly long, maybe upwards of an hour to get back. But considering that the traffic would probably be a little bit lower, it would take less time. Okay. You're all the way up by Plaza East, aren't you? Um, I can't remember. Over by the Concordance. Yeah. Generally. Okay. Um, Bartholomew, after he finishes rubbing his temples, um, he's going to look around the room as if he's, like, suspicious. And he's going to say, I don't know if we should talk here. I know I've done a lot of talking here, but I kind of want to get back to my place. Well, this spot is surely safe, but I understand if you prefer being in your house, knowing it's security. You've... You two have experienced being on the streets at night more than I have in here. Do you think it's a good idea to strike out and try to get back to my place, or do you think it'd be better to wait here until the morning and then head out? Uh, if 
if we're all able to keep out of sight as most, much as possible, we should be okay. Yes, the only concerning factor is knowing that someone is watching us. Always. True. Crowds would potentially help us slip away unnoticed. Yeah, never mind. We'll stay here well, for the Well, you do night. also have this back door. I think, I think you're right. I think it is a good idea to stay here. But I don't think we should discuss anything until tomorrow when we can get back to my place. That sounds agreeable. Alfred would like an explanation of why the goblin was let go. I let him go because there's two primary players, very high-ranking players at play here that want him for different reasons. I don't trust either of them, and I trust Krenko to stay out of sight. I trust that he will be able to stay away from these people more than I trust them, if that makes any sense. So we're trusting him now? Yes. I trust that he is terrified enough of the people above that want him that he will stay out of sight. He was genuinely scared of at least some of them. What do we tell the guild pack when uh, we don't have Krinko? That is the real question. We could tell the truth and just, or not like, we won't tell them that we let him go, but we can tell them there was an altercation and we lost him, we could potentially mention that the Azorius, some Azorius interceded, and we were forced to... No, because then the Azorius didn't get him. Hmm. What do you two think? How much do you trust House of Silva to not say anything about the resurrection? That's a good question. It depends on how much the people who want the information are willing to pay. They deal in secrets and offers. As much, if not, well, not as much more so. They always are willing to make deals. So we should assume that at some point someone will know that we did have him in our custody. Yes. That he was dead and that we paid to have him resurrected. There's a good chance oh. that depending on who has been watching us, the Demir most certainly know, but I don't think that they're going to go tell the Guild Pact, because obviously the Demir and the Guild Pact have differing ideas about where Kranko should be. So I think I don't think we have to okay. worry about them getting that information out. So as long as the Guild Pact has had no way of knowing that we went to Orsova, I don't think they'll find out. Okay. Well, they'll know about the commotion at the docks. So we just tell him that he got away. Yeah. Crawled through a drain pipe and we couldn't catch him. Nice callback. Yeah. We tell him there was a fight. He got away during the fight through a sewage tunnel. And just leave it at that. I think Yeah. we can also tell them that I nearly died. Before. And I have zero interest in pursuing this job any further. True, you did all. I was very close to dying. That must ooh, die. That bugbear. That blow to my head was not fun. And he like winces at the memory and like reaches back and like holds the spot that is still like matted with blood in his hair and stuff. Like, oh, I suppose then we should rest for the night. Yes, I desperately need some rest. Taking a long rest, Riki wake up in the morning. It comes in at some point, 
gives you a little bit more food and says, if it's all the same to you, the Azorius are snooping my place real hard right now. If you'd be willing to leave out the back, that'd be perfect. And Surrey, seriously, hun, if they do anything wrong to you, I'm going to get my boys and we're going to take them out. Oh, you heard that? I assure you, Cynthia, we will not harm Surrey, and we will more. We would love to just leave and cease being any trouble to you. I apologize sincerely for the hassle that we've been. Looks really hard at Baffer. <laughs> Who has not said anything. Doesn't say anything to you, and just goes out of the room. So our, my hit points will have reset All after right. the long rest, well. right? Everyone's hit points are back. You get lost. your spells back. Yay! Joys of being a warlock. Two spell <laughs> slots. <laughs> the craziest cantrip out there. The most easily modifiable spell other than with. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. I got my axe and shards back. Okay, I feel much better having my spells back. That was kind of. I was a bit worried being spellless. Alright, so yeah, uh, we leave, start making our way, wait, hold on, I just remembered, did we, we used the Sending Stone the day before and said we had him, I think I remember that happening. Oh, I, I thought I remembered that too. Asius was going to set up the meeting point, he gave you the meeting point, Yeah. and then you guys never showed. Alright, so we can- I was just- Tell him that in between is when we he got away from us. I think that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah. Tell him you had to rest. I might actually say the Demir intercepted us. Which is true. The clutches of some rookie guild members. Yeah, say we Mm -hmm. had him, we were on our way, but the Demir intercepted us, and the next thing we knew he was gone. Slipped out like a snake. Although, knowing the Demir and the rumors, they prob- if that were the case, they wouldn't let us remember. Or they wouldn't have made themselves know. Yeah. I think maybe I'll just say, we had him, but then he was gone. We have no idea what happened to him. Well, it's interesting that you ask this, because it, early on, as you're getting ready, getting your spells put together, that sort of thing, the sending stone goes off, and Asia's voice comes through and says, "Not show up. Have there been any problems? If so, how can I help you? Please respond promptly." As my neck is hanging. Are we even going to respond? I will. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up the sending stone. I'm gonna say. We did have him, but something happened in the night we don't remember. He's gone now. He knows that we're after him, and we near I nearly died getting him the first time. I don't think we can continue with this job. I'm pretty sure that was more than 25 words. <laughs> I wasn't counting. <laughs> uh, Bart, that's what Bartholomew said, and it'll cut off at some point, I guess. <laughs> Tell us in the comments below as to how soon it got cut off and how you delivered <laughs> this response. <laughs> so, sending stone 
out of charge. Krenko is gone. Just unfortunate for you all and unfortunate for Nasius. Yes. And within about 45 minutes, as you guys are just barely getting ready to go out of the stressed swindler, Bartholomew, a voice comes directly into your head and says, and it it's a clear, it's how how much of a knife twist do you want it to be? What do you mean, how much of a knife twist? I'm concerned. One moment. Oh no. There was someone that you met yesterday, a pretty powerful cleric in the Orsov Syndicate. And you remember their voice, and you end up hearing it in your head as Mike Birick says to you, Oh? Nasia quests your presence at the Hall of the Guild Pact. Oh no! Do I? Did I hear that it was? That was just in my head, right? Oh, that was just in Bartholomew's head. So I like to think that, like, right as we step out the door, he hears that, and Bartholomew just stops moving, and his face goes like white, like with worry, and he just looks at his companions, and he says, "They know." They know what? I'm going to look at Suri and say, I just heard Mike in my head. And he was telling me Nasius oh. wants us at the Guild Pack to discuss our actions. Oh, no. Somehow, Suri gets goosebumps hearing that. Somehow they yeah, knew that we were... Suri has done like before. We can't go there. No, that's not an option. No. All right, then where to? Is your house still safe? Hopefully. I, I assume they probably know I live there. They'll look for us there if we don't show up. He starts, Bartholomew starts like pacing back and forth in the alleyway, trying desperately to figure out, okay, where do we go? What do we do? Cranko told me a lot of stuff last night. I need to share it with you, but I don't trust being out in the open. We need somewhere safe. He's going to stop. He's going to look at you too. Balfour, you're not from here. Yes. Suri, where are you from? Uh, prefer not to say just yet. Are you from Ravnica? Is this your home? No. Are you from Innistrad? Uh, she looks side-eyed. This is very important, because if you are, that means I know how we can get away from this, at least for the time being. Right. Yes, I'm, I'm from Innistrad. It's such a... For those of you listening, our DM has just turned on his camera to showcase how much of a wrench I just threw into his plans. I had a great story planned, a hook that was going to happen, and now you guys are just superseding that. (laughs) That's what happens when we're playing with planeswalkers. Welcome to (laughs) D&D. Okay, um, Bartholomew wants... Like, now he knows that for a fact. He's going to start thinking... How much control do you have, do the two of you have, over where you end up? Have you ever purposefully left a world? No. No. Okay, that makes this a little more difficult. Now that'd probably be too risky. There's no guarantee that we'll all end up in the same place. 
At least not until you've had some proper training. <sighs> take a look at the spell. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to go back to my place, and I'm going to teach you guys how we can leave Ravnica. At least long enough to discuss and figure out what our next move is. I think we're going to have to come back, because there's some things going on here that I'm a little worried about. But that will give us enough time to figure out what we want to do next, without having to deal with the authorities, so to speak. Okay. So the word is not super clear. However, based on other spells that are similar, the way that I'm going to rule it is Bartholomew, if you would like to use a can such as Prestidigitation or a Minor Illusion spell to explain some of the core concepts of Inish to Balfour, at least, it will make his planeswalk a lot easier to, to accomplish. So yeah, um, Bartholomew, unless Balfour or Suri say anything otherwise, he's going to turn and start leading the way back to his house. Suri will not say otherwise. Let's go. And we're going to try and get to... You know what? I'm going to do it as we walk, just in case we get... As we're going, I'm going to cast Dancing Lights, and each like individual light, he's going to like shape it into something from Innistrad. Like, he's gonna shape um, Avacyn's, uh What's the word? The Avacyn symbol. of the Church yeah. of Avacyn. There's a specific Avacyn's word. collar. Yeah, the collar. He's gonna show him Avacyn's collar. He's gonna show him like, a little miniature like werewolf. Um, a gothic-inspired building that he saw once while he was there. And an angel. Like, those four, like, the lights circle around him in those vague shapes while he tells him a little bit about Innistrad. And if Suri wants to jump in and give any extra details that she might have that would help, um, that'd be great too. So, Suri, yeah. considering that you know Innistrad better than the other two characters here, if they were to arrive on Innistrad, what sort of location would you want them to go in? You can describe it to me in general terms and I can give you one of the provinces. Um, kind of like, probably a more like woodsy area. Lots of people, lots of monsters, a oh. little bit of each. Probably fewer people, and yeah, probably like a few monsters. Because there's always monsters on Innistrad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to be near a coastline or not? Uh, I'll say no. Maybe, so like, some act- lakes and stuff, but no coastline. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be relatively close to your homeland in Stencia. Um, so this would be relatively north in Innistrad, as I'm picturing it. It's probably going to be different than many other people. There's not a specific map or picture that I have for it. More kind of homebrewing. Um, and you think of Instencia and sort of people that would be there and it's a little bit more related than you would want it to be so as you all are walking you end up with a suggestion to go to the outland valleys and in particular there's a small town that's relatively recognizable in terms of its name it's pretty distinctive called shadow grange 
And as you all are walking, going to Bartholomew's house, you suggest, um, let's try for Shadowgrain. It's a tiny little town. It's off the beaten path. Um, we can probably hide it for a few days. And as you're saying this, you end up bringing one of your childhood friends that ended up going to the Outland Valleys that never come back. And that thought goes on in the back of your head of maybe I can find again. It's just another piece for you of let's go there. And I got so, that all written down. So you guys get to Bartholomew's house without much incident. Um, it takes a little bit longer than you would have liked. And seeing it, it doesn't look like it's under watch yet. It probably mm -hmm. being an operative word. Yeah. Um, Bartholomew's going to unlock the front door and usher his friends in. And before he goes in, he's going to like very distinctly look around the surrounding area just to see if there's anything suspicious before he closes the door and locks it behind him. Roll a perception check for me. Okay. 20, non-natural. Synthetic 20. Yep, that's so looking noise. Synthetic 20, that'll give you, um, as you take a look around, there doesn't seem to be anything out of place. And as you go inside, taking a further looks around, you're listening very intently. Place doesn't be being watched. It hasn't. It's not being watched. Not at the moment. Okay. You're safe for the moment. He's gonna lock the door, and he's gonna like go into the kitchen, and scrounge up any food that will last to act as rations for. I'm gonna say, if three days, if he has it, three days worth of food for the three of them. And then he's going to like he's doing all this, not saying anything to Balfour and Sirius. I don't know what they're gonna be doing. He's also going to run into his library as if to grab that book that he gave Suri and then remembers that she has it and turns around and says, okay, follow me downstairs. And he's going to take them down into the basement, like servant's area at the bottom. Oh, wow. This is a big step for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that like the door leading to the basement, if it didn't originally have a lock, he's had a lock put on it. And he's going to lock that door behind him as well, once everyone's into the basement. Not only does it have a lock, you've been on Ravnica for a few hands on some interesting materials. This door isn't made out of wood bound with iron. It almost seems like it's a solid iron door. Not regular iron either. Different properties to it. Probably outsourced from a different plane. Okay. And then... It's going to be, I imagine, pitch dark down there once he closes the door, so he's going to cast Dancing Lights again of the same shapes as before to uh, to cast some light on the area as he leads them down. Um, once you reach the bottom of the Go stairs... Go ahead and describe this space for us. Yeah, so on one wall there is uh, a large banner that bears a symbol that is neither Suri nor Balfour will recognize it's not from either of their worlds, and it's definitely not from Ravnica. Um, so they could probably infer that, based on our conversations, whatever symbol it is, wherever this banner is from, it's going to be from wherever Bartholomew originally comes from. There's also a very large chest with a thick lock underneath the banner. And next to the chest is a small shelf that has three books on it. And... 
are there any details about the three books that you'd be willing to disclose? There's nothing really remarkable about them. If anyone like gets close and observes them, there's no like title on the spine or on the cover. It's just a simple book. The pages definitely look worn as if they've been frequently opened and closed and turned and they probably are look like journals like something that's been written in as opposed to something that's been used for reading hey what are you doing at this point okay he's gonna turn to his companions and he's gonna start explaining planes walking as best as he can it's like okay I want you to look, think back and remember the time that you left Kaladesh or Innistrad and ended up here in Ravnica. Remember that gut feeling of traveling. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. It, I don't know about you. I've only experienced it for myself. I'm curious to know if we've had similar experiences. It feels like you're being yanked, at least the first time, from where you are, like, over and then you end up somewhere new. When it's done on purpose, you get that same feeling, but rather than feeling yanked, it feels like you're stepping forward and moving, and the world just sort of melts away and changes around you. It's very important, Balfour, and sorry, you'll need to know this too, it's very important to really be picturing and focusing on where it is that you want to end up. You need to hold on to that memory and hold on to that information, and that's what will guide you as you purposefully step through the veil between worlds and transport yourself to another plane. Does that make sense? It should be an interesting difference from the first time it happened. I yeah, promise you, I it's better when it's done first. on purpose. It's much less jarring. Well, the first time was pretty jarring, seeing as how the feeling that you described... I was always, I assumed that it was just my limbs being torn from my body due to the current predicament I was in, but it was a traumatizing experience to say the least. Sounds like it. You've mentioned a couple details. I definitely want to learn more about that experience, but at a later point. Suri, I think it might be a good idea if you go first, so that if Balfour does end up where we want him to, you'll be there to find him and... I will follow suit after the two of you have left. Do you think that'll work? Do you think we can do this? It's I don't about think we this have a moment. Choice. Yep, and it's at about as you're saying that that you can hear some pounding going on upstairs. Someone's at the door. Oh, looks like we're out of time. It's now or never. We either deal with them or we try this. Suri just reaches into her bag and gets a deep clutch on her book. Not uh, Bartholomew's book, but rather her book. And as you grab onto your book, your fingers brush up against that dagger again. One that's made of bone. And you feel almost an eagerness coming from it. Like it's help out if you decide to go to Innistrad. Suri will actually reach back into her bag and pull, uh, hold on to the dagger, but she won't pull it out. It's not super often that your dagger speaks to you. You get this feeling that washes up your arm into the, your torso and just goes throughout your whole being of, let's go home. Planeswalk? 
Yes. What destination you want to go to? Uh, somewhere close to home, near Stencia. All right. As Zuri goes, grabs a book from her bag, and holds it up against her chest, she reaches back down into her bag. You can see this almost change in emotion. Something that's a little bit unsettling. It's like where you're about to, and she's gone. What does it look like when Suri planeswalks? Because I know for every planeswalker, it's slightly different. Oh, I kind of imagined it like starts out as like purple spoke that kind of swirls upwards. Okay, Baffer. It seems like you're next. You can hear the bangs going on upstairs. Bartholomew looks at you almost expectantly. All right. I guess here goes nothing. Now I want you for I want for you to describe for me the sort of location you would like. like um, to I'm holding to. on descriptions that Bartholomew was giving and that Siri were giving um, of her home and that area. I'm just trying to hold those images and descriptions in my, my mind as I'm getting ready to go. Hey, and rather than having it be for the players, I'm actually holding on to some secret information, rolling a percentile as they describe the location that they're going to, to see how close they are to one another. Okay. So, what does it look like for Buffer? Um, I would imagine it's kind of like a goldish green almost turning into a brown, seeming like a, not cloud, but almost like a slight like mist kind of starts to gather onto the surface area of his body um, and as it does you can you begin to see less and less and less of Balfour's actual physical form until there's nothing left okay all right Bartholomew two friends are gone you hear a commotion going on upstairs it sounds like they've gotten in okay. and are, are searching through your house okay before he follows his friends He's going to rush over to the bookshelf I mentioned earlier and grab the three journals and shove them into his bag. And then he will also planeswalk. And when he planeswalks, he's going to be focusing simultaneously. And considering that you've been to Innistrad, mm -hmm. considering that you've been to Innistrad, there's no role for you. Okay. Tell me, where do you want to go? He's going to think of the village that Suri was, that she described. But he's also going to be trying to focus on using his friends as anchors as he travels, like trying to use them to direct where he ends up. That is super interesting. That feels like a really natural stopping point. So I guess join us back next time as we wind up on Innistrad much sooner than I anticipated. <laughs> and without the plot hook I anticipated, there's going to be some planning for me. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I live to mess up the plans of the DM. It was part Dang. of my contract that I signed as a D&D &D player. Yeah, I did, did not expect that we were going to Innistrad. I honestly wasn't planning on it. Yeah, we, we just like hopped off the else. It's like, whoops, things went wrong. We're out. See ya. Thank you all for joining us in this episode of Fireside Dice. This podcast is produced by Realms of Roleplaying, and all music used in this program is produced by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. We'll see you all in the next episode.